Hey everyone, it's Ashley, your host of the 20-somethings podcast, and I'm back with another video. With another video. Wow. I am talking about my faith today, and I'm very excited about this one. I had made notes on this one a while back. This was something I actually always wanted to talk about, and I feel like for about a year now, I've wanted a podcast, and specifically, I wanted to talk about my faith. Uh, I had an account on TikTok that I would post random stuff on, and one day I decided to post a video involving my faith and uh, when you're going through hard times, and I got a lot of views on that, and it made me so happy because I felt like I was actually doing something and using my fruit how I'm supposed to for my fellow faithful people we <laughs> <laughs> anyway, that was not a good joke. I wasn't even trying to make a joke, so I don't know why I said that. But anyway, I'm going to be talking about... I was going to separate this into three different videos, but I think that I'm just so passionate about these three subjects that I'm going to put them all in one, because why not? Also, sorry if you hear my computer. It's breathing really loudly once again. But anyway, I'm going to be talking about my journey, church, and encouragement, and you don't have to be a very religious person in order to listen to this video. This is just something that is supposed to enlighten everyone, almost like a history class, maybe, if you were in high school or college, just so you have more of an understanding of things, maybe. I don't know. Um, did anything happen to me this week? I don't think so. I've been pretty busy at work. I've been driving around to a lot of different places. Oh, my friend Shay and I finalized our plans for a little girls trip in a few weekends and we're so excited about it and we cannot stop talking about it and how much food we're going to eat, how much shopping we're going to do. We're going to do some damage to our bank accounts, but that is okay because it's a girl's trip and who who cares? <laughs> but I'm very excited about that and I hope that the weather is warmer. As much as I love the winter and winter being my favorite season, I cannot wait for the warm weather. I'm so excited. I want to say that's it. I don't think I have anything else to say. So without further ado, let's get into this video. So this video, oh, this podcast, sorry guys, this podcast is going to be separated into different parts. First, I'm going to talk about how I was grown up into my religion. So I was baptized into the Catholic Church. My whole family is Catholic. And so a baptism, the actual definition of a baptism is an initiation into the church. It is the first sacrament. I went to Sunday school. I wasn't a typical child or no. I would say as a typical child where I did not really pay attention in Sunday school and I would get so disappointed when other kids knew more than me. Uh, 
the way my Sunday school worked is they did a lot of activities. I don't know how it is in other churches, but my church did a lot of activities and like kind of quizzed you on what you knew, which is a great idea, except for the fact that I am a very shy person, and especially when I was younger. So that on top of having the worst attention span known to man, I was just always so disappointed in myself for not knowing anything about my religion, even though I really wanted to at the ripe age of probably eight. I don't know. Then I received communion. So the first Holy Communion is when children celebrate the first time they accept the Eucharist or blood and wine, which is also known as communion. So that's why it's called communion. It's the first Holy Communion. So that's technically the first time that you're introduced to Jesus's body and blood and you actually physically digest it. And then I also got confirmed into the Catholic Church. So confirmation is the sacrament in which Catholics are sealed with the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It is a mature commitment to the Catholic Church. Um, And you pick a saint's name too. So each Catholic picks a saint name that has a specific meaning to them. A saint that you think will help you on your journey with your faith. So I chose... St. Catherine of Siena, also known as Katerina. So a trait of, I, when I was younger, I definitely chose this name because I thought it sounded cute, but as life went on, I realized that this saint is actually very close to my heart, I guess, because, or And a trait of Katerina is her spirituality. It was linked to the gift of tears. Uh, They express an exquisite, profound sensitivity, a capacity for being moved, and tenderness. And I feel like that really has to do with me because I am a very emotional person. So, like, her faith being linked to that is very similar to me which I find pretty cool, especially since I didn't know that when I first picked out the name, but I know that now, so (laughs) go me. Uh, So yes, I got confirmed. And again, when you get, okay, so you get baptized when you're a Catholic, when you're a baby. When you have your first communion, it's around second grade, or I think you're eight at that time. I don't know, around eight years old. And then when you get confirmed, your confirmation, that is, I want to say, sophomore year? I think it's sophomore year of high school. You start your confirmation classes freshman year of high school, and then, well, it could be different because of timelines of everything and based on your last name, but I got confirmed my sophomore year, I want to say. Um, so now I will get into my journey and when I began college and adulting. So when I got to my college, I knew that I wanted to continue my faith somehow, but I didn't really know how. And I wanted to join a ministry that was on campus or a religious group that was on campus, but I... 
I was going to go to the meeting and I walked all the way over there and I decided last minute that I didn't want to go to the meeting. So I just didn't. Then there was another time, another ministry was having some sort of, it was near Halloween and they were having a pumpkin painting thing or event right by my dorm and I was like oh I'll go to that and I went to that and they were the sweetest people but then I never saw them again because I I was so intimidated because I felt like how I did when I was in Sunday school where I didn't want to be judged which I knew that I wouldn't but I didn't want to join a group and I had no idea like I could not back up anything that I believed in Like, I knew I believed in it, but I couldn't give any explanation. For example, I want to say it was freshman year towards the end, or maybe it was sophomore year. I can't remember. This girl came up to me and was like, are you religious? And I was like, yes. I was in the student center at the time. She came up to me. She's like, are you religious? And I was like, yes, I am. And she said, do you mind if I sit down for a second? I was like, yeah, of course. And she was like, who is Jesus to you? Or who do you think Jesus is? And I was like, um, Jesus? How do you want me to answer that question? It was, again, it was very weird the way that she asked that. But she began asking me more questions that I was just sitting there blank, like, I don't know what to tell you. And so she invited me to another ministry and gave me her card and everything and invited me to a Bible study. And I did consider it, but then I turned it down because I was like, you know, I just don't think I'm ready for that. But I did find a Catholic church right by my college, right by campus. And I started going by myself And it was really scary at first because I had never gone to church by myself. I, it was a different crowd and I didn't know what to expect. It was just a different neighborhood. I always went to the same church, so I was scared, but I ended up really liking it. And flash forward, I went there all four years because I loved it so much and there were such nice people. But anyway sophomore year I experienced the greatest battles in my faith I would say I had low self-esteem high anxiety I listened to TikTok on a bunch of worldly things and for example manifesting is not it doesn't really correlate with your faith and Another thing that TikTok would talk about was the universe and like, oh, trust the universe. And I, at the time, didn't realize that, again, those two things do not mix. Jesus and the universe do not mix. And so I didn't correlate it with Christianity. And I realized that over the summer and I felt terrible about myself. So junior year, I was determined to really focus on my faith so that I knew like I could back everything up of what I believed in because you know obviously there's a lot of people that are going to question you and your faith and I didn't want someone to question me not that anyone has before has before but 
I didn't want anyone to question me about what I believed in and I couldn't give them a straightforward answer of how my life has changed because of God. So I, junior year at Lent, I really took charge in my faith. So if you don't know what Lent is, it's a period of fasting and regret for one's sins for 40 weekdays. So it goes from Ash Wednesday to Easter. And I think this is just a Catholic thing, but Ash Wednesday, so you have to fast. So on Fridays, you can't eat meat. And on Ash Wednesday and, oh wait, Good Friday, but that's a Friday. And then you have to, you can either give up something for Lent where all 40 days you don't do something or you can pick something up. So for example, junior year when I decided to take my Lent seriously, because in the past I'd always be like, oh, I'm going to give up French fries or something like that. And, you know, that, it was a hard task for me, but it didn't help my faith at all. So, or it didn't allow me to grow a closer relationship to God. So this year, I decided to pray the rosary every day. So the rosary is a form of devotion, and it's centered around the Holy Mother, so Mary. It is a prayer for each bead, and you say the Hail Mary, Our Father, and the Glory Be, and then, you know, there's extra prayers and stuff like that in between, but so I prayed the rosary every day for 40 days for Lent. And let me tell you, that completely transformed me. I became such, I wouldn't say a calm person because I feel like I always was, but I had this sense of peace inside of me. And I, I don't know, it was something that I can't even explain because it truly made me realize things about myself and drew me closer to God and obviously around this time too which I spoke about in I think another video in another podcast but I discovered Father Mike and he helped me so much he has videos on YouTube he has a podcast now I would listen to his Sunday masses that are online and the things that he has to say he really wants you to understand and it can relate to anybody. It does not matter how religious you are. He makes you feel so heard and seen and loved. Anyway, then <laughs> junior year, I also tried the I don't know if any of you guys have seen this on TikTok, maybe you haven't, but people will post videos that they did the God if they're not meant to be in my life, let them go. And then the next day something happens and that person's gone. I did that. And let me tell you, that works. That really works. And then the next day you're like, wow, I did not expect you to move that fast. Why didn't I do this before? I was wasting my time. And it was something like that, that I saw him working obviously that was a more obvious sign but there's other things that happened in my life and I just prayed and my life completely transformed 
and I can't go back from that. There's no way that I could ever do that. Even though I grew up in the church, to really recognize your faith yourself and the importance and the reason why you grew up in the church that you did, which everyone has different experiences, but for me personally, I found a deep appreciation for Catholicism. Even to this day, now I'm back home and I go to a church right by my house. I do the Bible study every day with Father Mike and I listen to worship music in the morning. I am just trying to find more ways to implement my faith, like starting the day with God, ending it with God, thinking about him throughout the day, praying all the time. That's how my journey is now. College is the perfect time to recognize your faith because you're independent, you're on your own. There's a lot of things you'll discover about yourself, but you'll also discover what you cannot rely on and what you should rely on or what you should trust, if that makes sense. But I didn't want to do a huge spiel about my journey because that's just my personal experience and I know everybody has different experiences with their faith if they are religious or not. I feel like I have seen God work in me and work through me in very crazy ways and how I have helped people through things through his word but not so much me. I have seen God's presence and how he can change people in others and the way that I've seen it in others reaffirms my faith and just makes me really grateful the main topic though that I wanted to get into in this video which I guess I could change the title of this podcast but I want to talk about the Catholic Church because Yes, I gave a little rundown of how I grew up in the Catholic Church, how I am still Catholic now, and I practice that faith, um, because there are a lot of perceptions made about Catholics, and I see it on TikTok all the time, I see it on YouTube, and this is no way, this is a little disclaimer, this is no way of bashing anybody for anything because that's not what I'm trying to do. I do not judge anyone. I really have an appreciation for every single person and their opinion, but I just wanted to share my, because as a Catholic myself and seeing these perceptions that are being made, I just kind of want to shed light and show a different perspective on some of the things that we do. So, for one, okay, these are perceptions that I see people make, is that it's very strict, traditional, and judgy. We, there's reasons for our strictness, I guess you could say, for us being traditional, um... But here's the thing, is all of the things that we do are just to worship God, uh, and it's based on the Bible's teachings. So, for one, 
<laughs> this one, I can agree on you guys. All of the prayers and songs that you hear in a Catholic church are based on the Bible. Um, yes, the songs are very different. Some can be a little boring, I will say. Sorry, God. But they are a bit boring and you will go into a Catholic church and you will hear possibly the worst singers you have ever heard. You will hear someone thinking that they are an opera singer and they are not. I mean, Christmas Mass, my sister and I were trying to hold in our laughter because someone was just not singing the greatest. And I'm sorry to say that, but you will experience that in a Catholic church. So I understand that because that is one thing that I wish would change is the songs. And I feel like a lot of churches now try and sing everything. I mean, there's a church I used to go to and they were singing the Our Father. And I was sitting there like, what? It really takes away from the actual, me personally, is singing everything it takes away from the actual meaning of the prayer or what's being said because I can't remember what song it was. Okay, actually, I do like singing because the church that I went to near my college, there was a girl that decided to sing one late, it was like a 5 p.m. mass and she brought her guitar and it was only her and she was our age or my age and she sang How Great Thou Art and that was, I was so moved. The song, I felt like I was going to start crying at mass. It was so good. I have not heard her since. And it makes me so sad, but I wish every church was like that. Just like a guitar and one girl that's actually good singing. Songs that are supposed to be sung, not prayers. But anyway, that is one thing that I will agree on is that not everything has to be sung. And I think that some of the songs could possibly be changed because there's some good new songs. For example, I'm getting off track. Not really, though, but how not how great thou art. I do love that song, though. But goodness of God. Oh, my gosh. I love that song. I listen to it every morning and I listen to Daughter of a King that's my favorite one actually I love Daughter of a King and I think I sing it really well <laughs> um the two that sing it were on America's Got Talent I highly recommend you listen to it and then Isaiah also got me into Planet Shakers they're really good too okay anyway let's continue the next one is confession so what confession is, it's a sacrament instituted by Jesus Christ and his love. It's to offer sinners forgiveness or acknowledge their sins so that they can praise. So it is a practice for the real thing, for purgatory. So purgatory, if you don't know, is a place where a soul is cleansed of all of all their impurities in time of physical death. So confession is just because when you reach purgatory, if you go to purgatory, all of your sins, everything you did in your life is going to be 
exposed. Not that God doesn't already know everything you've done, but purgatory, it is, you're right there in front of him, is I'm pretty sure what it is. And so basically Catholics just don't want you to be or don't want you to feel ashamed. So it's almost a practice. This is what Father Mike said as well. So I'm trying to explain it as best as I can without getting anybody confused, but it's just a practice. So it's not like the church is telling you, you have to go to confession. Obviously, some churches are more strict than others and they will say in a way that makes you feel threatened, but that is in no way what it's supposed to be. Confession is just so that you can, your body can be cleansed and you can continue because everybody sins. I probably sin every single day with, you know, negative thoughts or whatever, not praying before I eat, not being grateful, stuff like that. There's always something that you can acknowledge and confess. And so confession is just for you so you can feel forgiven by God because that's basically what confession is, is you will be forgiven. And when you go to confession, the priest will say a prayer. But then what I think is amazing is you know, you leave confession and you're done. That's all you had to do. You just, you know, try and do better next time. But priests, they will pray for you weeks after. They will, they have to do certain things for you. Not for you. It's hard to explain. But again, Father Mike explained this and I had no idea that priests do that for us whenever we confess something at confession. And I thought it was just so beautiful and so thoughtful, even though that's what they're supposed to do. But I had no idea. And I know I didn't really explain it, but maybe in another video when I talk about faith, I could bring that up again once I go back to Father Mike's video and explain it to you better. I'm pretty sure it was in a catechism because he does catechism in a year as well. And I'm pretty sure he explains that in one of the catechism in a year videos. Anyway, let's move on. Now I'm going to be talking about the Eucharist. So the Eucharist again is communion receiving Jesus' body and blood. For Catholics, it's important to receive communion every Sunday at Mass. So, what's crazy to me is the Eucharist is Jesus' body and blood. It isn't. It doesn't just represent it. So, in Catholic Mass, Jesus is present. The wine and the bread is actually turned into his body and blood. So, obviously, he gave himself to us in his dying of the cross and he sacrificed himself for us and so what father mike explained which i'm trying to quote this as best as i can because he explained it perfectly okay this is the video that he discusses it in it is called the shocking reality of the eucharist and you can find it on youtube i'm pretty sure ascension presents posted the video 
but he says that in the Last Supper, Jesus says, this is my body, this is my blood, which will be given up for you. He does not say this is like my body or this is a symbol of my body. Um, also in John 6, Jesus makes it clear, if you want to live forever and enter the kingdom of heaven, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood. Verse, I think it's 52 and 53, he reiterates it five times. If you want more information, you can watch the whole video, but basically, Catholics believe that you have to receive communion every Sunday because that's what Jesus Jesus intended for us to do, to always receive his body and blood. And the way that it becomes, because I know a lot of people say, no, it just represents it, but no, in Catholic Mass... The bread and the wine, through the holy power and instrumentality of the priest, it becomes Jesus. And if any of you, if any of you go to Catholic Mass in your future, when you, when it's time for the Eucharist to be prepared, if you watch the priest, he says things quietly to himself. He does certain things, and I always watch because. I find it so fascinating and I'm like, oh my gosh, it's turning into his body and blood right now. It, I don't know. It's something that I never realized when I was younger that it actually became his body and blood until maybe two years ago and it has changed me and it's crazy to me because I will have the worst weekend. I will be so stressed out and then all of a sudden, I'll go up to receive the Eucharist and I'll sit, I'll take the bread, eat it. I go back to my seat and I get this feeling inside of me. And I'm not trying to be dramatic or over exaggerative. I actually have this peace come over my whole body. There was one time I was going through a really difficult time and I I needed an answer on something and I was so stressed about it. I was like, okay, I have to go to church this morning. I cannot skip, even though I'm having the worst morning ever, the worst weekend. I'm walking into mass and first a ladybug falls on me. And if you know anything, a ladybug is supposed to mean good luck. And... So first, a ladybug falls on me, and I was like, okay, well, that doesn't really mean anything. But then I received the Eucharist, and I felt this sense of peace, and like I didn't have to worry about anything. And then the next day, my prayers were answered. And it's simple stuff like that that really reaffirms my faith, I guess. It's just the Eucharist has changed me in seconds is basically all I have to say about that. And so I find a really deep importance in receiving the Eucharist every Sunday. But next, we have rules and commandments. I'm not going to get into all of the rules and commandments because that's just, that's way too much. But there's a lot of misconceptions. Is that the right word? Anyway, the commandments. Yes, they were created by God to create a strong nation enter the kingdom of heaven. 
they were created by God. It is in, I just read it because I'm rereading Bible in a year again. I'm going to read it every single year until I remember all of the stories because no matter how long it takes, I'm just going to keep rereading and rereading and rereading. And it's just relaxing to read the Bible as well. It says in the Bible what the commandments are and goes into detail. Yes, the wording is a bit different, which I will explain some things later, but Father Mike allowed me to view the commandments very differently than point blank period, like what is in the Bible. So the commandments are obviously important to follow, not just because God said so to enter heaven, but the reason that these commandments were made is he's protecting us. Um, he's protecting us against the evils of the world. So for example, you should not commit adultery. Yes, it's a rule by Catholics to not have sex before marriage, but it's to preserve your heart. So Genesis 2.24 says, For this reason a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and they shall become one flesh. Another word that I'm going to use is soul ties. So if you aren't bound to the if you aren't bounded to the person through marriage, uh, you can break up and it can lead to a hurt soul due to the soul tie. So God doesn't want you to feel hurt or shame or anything. And so he created that commandment because he doesn't want to see you hurt. That is a beautiful thing. It's about life creation and he doesn't want you to view it as anything different than of how special it actually is. Then, example two, you shall not covet, uh, not be jealous of, this one is actually very important to me, and this one I'm not going to say is the most important to me because all the commandments are equally important, but this one has a different kind of meaning meaning than I think other people realize. So please really listen to this one. <laughs> you shall not covet. You should not be jealous of your neighbor's goods. You may th be thinking, okay, no, I'm not jealous. Th that's not... There's a different meaning behind this. And maybe you already know this and you're like, Ashley, you don't need to explain this. I already know what you're talking about. But if you are jealous of your neighbor's goods, if you are jealous, even on Instagram, if you're jealous of a bathing suit a girl has, um, that these people are very rich and they don't have to work a nine to five job, they could just travel the world. Or this person didn't live like how I did, I'm jealous, I wish I had their life, I wish I grew up how they did. Here's the thing, if you focus on everyone else's life and what they have, what your neighbor has, you're never going to be content with your own. So there's a story that my priest, his name is Father Daniel, he shared, I think it was around Christmas time, and I, it really spoke with me. So around Christmas time, obviously, we were reading about Jesus' birth. And if you guys know, it talks about the three wise men. 
Well, fun fact, the Bible never said that there were three wise men. It just said that there were three gifts. So, the wise men, it was interpreted in later years by Christians that it were it was three wise men because each, basically, they recognized that God gives each person a gift. So Christians were like, okay, well, was it one wise man and three gifts? Or was it two wise men and two of them brought one gift, one of them bought one? Or was it, you know, it could have been more, could have been less wise men. But then they realized through, you know, reading the whole Bible that God gives everybody a gift. Every person has a gift in particular. So they concluded that there were three wise men because there were three gifts, so there had to be one gift per person. They realized that there weren't, let's say, four wise men and one of the wise men didn't give a gift because everybody has a gift and in that in that reading god is saying that you should be using your gift how it should be used so therefore there were three wise men because they each had a gift to give so how this correlates with you shall not covet is and I really hope I'm, I'm explaining this well, but I'm going to try and continue and finish this off. What it has to do with you shall not covet is every person in this world has a gift. And you may not have grown up or you may not have a lot of money where you could just travel the world. You may not be, I don't know, as talented as another person. Or you may not have a boyfriend, you may not have a girlfriend, you may not have a close family, you may not, I don't know, have great luck compared to other people. But that gift that that other person has, yes, that person has good luck, but that's their gift. Your gift is completely different. So if you are jealous of other people's gifts you're not going to recognize your own and you're not going to use it to your full potential and you're never going to recognize that and grow grow a closer relationship to God you're just focused on other people instead of you and yourself and your own relationship with God I feel like I nailed that (laughs) but I don't know because I know I'm really bad at explaining things and I'm probably going to edit this later and be like oh gosh, I need to redo this, but hopefully not because I tried my best to make it all make sense and, I don't know, go together pretty well. So if that didn't make sense or if you want me to give more examples, then I can, but that's just the few examples that I gave or that I have written down of perceptions made about the catholic church um there's a lot more perceptions that are made of the catholic church that i could get into but those are just a few that i had seen on tiktok that 
I wanted to talk about because yes, some Catholic churches, they can be very strict. I know my sister went to a Catholic church by her college and she said that they were really to put the fear of God in people and she did not want to go to church after that because it they didn't make it very pleasant to go to church. And I feel like I got very lucky with the church that I found at my college because they did not instill that fear inside of you. They actually had great homilies and teachings, but there are some churches like that. And if you've ever gone to a Catholic church and you were like, wow, this is terrible, not all churches are like that. And if you want a great experience, even though this isn't physically going to church, I highly recommend listening to Father Mike's church or live streams on Ascension Presents on YouTube because I feel like that's how most Catholic churches are or should be. There's great teachings and it really makes you feel loved and appreciated. Anyway, that's all I wanted to get into for perceptions. Now, I have some suggestions, which I just kind of explained a few, but if you want to get into your faith and religion or whatever, I can preach all night long, all day long, Father Mike Ascension Presents on YouTube. I started off watching his short videos and it led to me reading the Bible in a year. He explains it in ways that I never could and really dives deep into his word. And, you know, I don't have a great attention span. So he reads the Bible verses out loud, and then you say a prayer, and then he explains everything. And I think that is the most beautiful thing for me personally, because I, it saved me reading the Bible. Because if I didn't have that, I would have no idea. It would probably take me 10 times the amount of years it would take me to finish the Bible than what I am right now. So I highly recommend that. Um, also, the Bible that I have is the Jesus Bible. I ha- It's like a multicolored Bible. And on the side, there's an area that you can write notes down. I highly recommend getting that one because, well, first, it just looks cute. And second... The notes area is very important to me because I love to write down what that verse made me feel like, etc. I also have the app Abide and Hallow. I think Hallow is the one that has a lot of Father Mike Schmidt's stuff on it as well, like his homilies, Bible in a Year. Um, You could pray the rosary on there. I know a lot of people probably don't know what the rosary is, but uh, there's a bunch of stuff on there. And I highly recommend those as well. You don't have to pay for them. I think to get the full package, then you do need to pay. But I don't pay. I just do the free stuff. So I want to leave off this podcast with how to have trust and faith in your everyday life. It's very difficult. I'm not, pu- I'm not trying to push anything on anybody. But if you're struggling... I have a quote that um, Father Mike said, 
and I think this needs to be hung up everywhere. He said, it's easy to talk about the cross. It is not easy to carry the cross. So basically, your faith in life in general is not linear. Uh, Because of sin of this world, it cannot be linear. However, God uses the brokenness of the of this world to better your relationship and trust with him. And so you're still going to have bad days. Again, it's not linear. I will have the best day of my life and the next day, the worst day of my life. But it's just important to know that God's still with you, even if you think he's silent. And he is waiting for you to come to him. I just want to say that quote one more time. It's easy to talk about the cross. It is not easy to carry the cross. I could talk about my relationship with God and what I know is right and wrong to do. And I'll still make the same sins. I will still wake up on the wrong side of the bed. But it's just important to know that you are still loved and you can't do anything you can always be forgiven by God. I'll just put it at that, no matter what you do. And so I think that's all I wanted to talk about. My head is hurting because I feel like I explained everything terribly, (laughs) but I want to share my faith more just because I enjoy talking about it and it reaffirms my faith when I talk about it. And I feel like I grow a deeper understanding too when I try and explain things and I remember things better when I actually talk about it and it goes out of my head. So if you have any more questions or comments or if you just want to share anything with me regarding faith or just anything in general, um, you can leave a comment or you can dm me or snapchat me anything if you have any sort of way of contacting me separately then you certainly can because i would love to talk to you guys about anything and everything but i want to thank you guys for listening to this if you made it through the whole podcast episode because this one was really important to me and again i hope i explained everything well because this was so important to me that my thoughts might have been all over the place but if you listen to the whole thing thank you so much so much for tuning in and I will see you in next week's podcast episode bye